this is Comments and Reactions, Patricks and Prophets, Chapter 8, After the Flood. Alright, welcome back to Bad Rags and Prophets. Uh, comments and reactions. I know this is new, I know I've been away, but you know what? This is, let's just call it a season two. I'm gonna try and come back up with these recordings. Alright, not gonna wait too long. So, comments, reactions, chapter eight, after the flood. So, first things first. Um, what you would notice here is that um, literally there's just no one in his family left. You know, I mean, just the fact that you're the only people left on the entire planet is something. Like, how are you going to survive? How are you going to eat? How are you going to, how are you going to live your life? You know, so, but one thing I do find important here is that Noah was not the one who caused the shots. Okay. So that's important. Like, he's not the one who caused the shots. He's not the one who went up into the ark by himself. First of all, it is Noah's Ark, but he doesn't own it. I think that's that's important. And so, here we find in this chapter, yeah, Noah would wait. Wait for what? He was waiting for special directions to depart. I think that's important. We don't really give that much emphasis on getting into the Ark. When do you get into the Ark? When do you get out of the Ark? You know, the, the timing, the timing is is necessary to really pinpoint and this would this is what really takes faith now how do you know it's safe to go out how do you know you're ready to go out there and survive you know so that's one thing next thing is you realize that the first thing that he does is to actually build an altar an offer you find a few important things here number one that this is something that they've been doing since it's written Cain and Abel, right? So, but I do find it interesting that it does specify that the only offer from the kinds of the clean beasts and the clean fowls, right? Now, let me, let me just point this out. Why is this important? This would remind us all the way back that the reason why they're sacrificing is because of the meaning of the sacrifice, right? Because Christ is the great sacrifice. You can't sacrifice unclean beasts because that would be a misrepresentation of the great sacrifice, who is Christ. Fast forward. A lot of things would say, oh, why does it specify clean and unclean? Well, first of all, here's why it's important. Um, you know that when they went into the ark, there were like seven clean beasts, right? And there were like only a pair of unclean beasts. If Noah and his family sacrificed an unclean beast or ate it, immediately that would just, that animal would die of extinction. That's why we know here that when they're sacrificing, when God finally permitted them to be able to eat animal flesh, they don't just look, hey, you know what? That tiger looks very delicious. No, that's not how it happened. They had extra clean beasts because they know they're going to sacrifice to it. Sacrifice it, I mean. Sacrifice a clean beast. And also, they're going to have to eat some of them for survival. You know, because you, you don't have time to plant crops. And you just got out of the ark, literally. You know what I mean? So, that's first things first. By Noah. 
and then we'll have something later on but one thing before i forget i like to point this out one thing that amazes me is the matter of explanation of the in-depth explanation we get here of what happened after the flood and that it looks like what it looks like is that especially if you go to paragraph um 107 at page 107 if you have a book with you if you don't let me just read this line the entire surface of the earth was changed at the flood it's like it literally told you it's not just a reset like i said it pointed in a question in the description if you listen to the podcast before this is not just a reset it is a reconstruction what the world was before the flood is not what it is after i think that's important to note like it's the way it's being described here is that it's like a vast burial ground right and then all these corpses had to be covered with a great wind that was so strong that it would carry away a mountain <laughs> and bury you know by the same things also the silver and the gold so when you have all of these organic material pile them under layers and layers and layers of rocks you know that would really put all these all of these dead bodies weighing underneath the earth and also i don't know if you caught this part of the book that just told us you know i'll just read it too i think this is on page 108 paragraph 2 like at this time immense forests were buried these have since been changed to coal so right right to dig coal also yielding large quantities of oil which we now know as fossil fuels right where we get fossil fuels and also there's an explanation here how these would ignite and burn beneath the surface of the earth right and then an explanation how these would would now cause earthquakes volcanoes and fire issues fire and water when they come come into contact with each other is explosions i mean like bro this is like stuff you would get from a science class but let me remind you about this book we are we're we're not reading to a 21st century book right it's like more than 100 years old literally this book is like more than 100 years old like when people even were using fossil fuels for cars that's how old this book is that's you know that's just one of the things that is blowing my mind right now but more than that you know i i I see here i see here an interesting situation because now you have organic material buried under deep layers very deep layers of ground soil rocks formations all of this now where would that put them and and at the same time it's telling us that what the earth looks like after it's not the same as that it looks like before so there's definitely a change huh, right so there's a change in the composition of the the ground because of course things that were on top were transferred beneath if you think based on the text here so you notice what i don't know if you're getting where i'm going but now you have antediluvians or 
organic material that existed before the flood are being piled upon by layers of rock formations. Hmm. All right. Furthermore, the whole water cycle is just messed up because now you have a you took have a totally different environment and we could probably even say there's a different atmospheric composition now that things have changed which would lead me to my next point what about the presence of carbon hmm you see many times when we're doing carbon dating you know we're assuming that the constant is carbon what if it's not just throwing it out there this is not a science class but you know things for us to think about so anyway that's interesting if you look at it that way because it would make a lot of sense to the things that we see today it sometimes makes us think you know what did the lord really do that is the flood really real are animals really just a few thousand years away what about carbon dating what about um like having them count through the layers of rock formation what about that i mean you know science science won't lie but then again you have this you know what if the lord literally did purposely bury them in that layer like that group they're going to be buried here so you know just to open your mind to think about that but i'm not going to end that because the main point that i want to really talk about here is found in page 107.1 and the heaven in heaven the semblance of a rainbow encircles the throne and over arches the head of christ the prophet says as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of the rain so was the appearance of the brightness round about the throne okay now talking about change we never heard about rain until the flood right so rain was totally not within the climate before the flood so the climate is different right interesting after the flood we've always had rain which means the climate has changed mhm interesting anyway so which brings me to my next point What's so significant about the rainbow? Well, today, the rainbow should be one thing in particular. It's a, rem it's a reminder of God and His love. That's it. The rainbow should be a reminder of God's love. That's it. That's what a rainbow really is. That's what a rainbow really should be. That's what a rainbow was made for. And... Whenever we see those colors, that's something that should be in our minds. And to us today, what is a rainbow? Scientifically speaking, a rainbow is something that would show when there is the uh, light coming through rain, where, of course, the different spectrums of light are shown as you go from the varying ranges from red to violet right so we're talking about wavelengths i'm not sure if this is correct science i hope it is i've been out of high school for a long time but anyway point is it's light right it's light which reminds us again 
about the very first thing that God said in creation was let there be light. And the way we see here, you know what? We're, we're looking at light in a new way. In the sense that I'm reminded, I can't help but remember that God is giving another chance for humanity by doing creation all over again. You know, having to remold the earth again, having to recreate it again. But not really as the same way as it is before, but like the rainbow is to light. By expanding things that already exist. And which also leads me to think, you know what? What about his creation? What about the animals? What, what about the diversity of the, the gene pool? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, if you get that, I hope you do. So we have varieties of genes. We have things that are see, we are seeing today that we have not seen before. Doesn't mean that it's not possible for them to exist. But God is showing us a new way to understand his creation, which really brings out to the point that the creator is so much more than what our humanity can fathom. And after the flood, after the flood, to sum it all up, my my reaction would be it's not the same as it was before because God cares. You know what I mean? Like God is changing the way Noah's life would be where it, there would always be a reminder of what really matters in life. It's not the silver. It's not the gold. It's not all these things that we make. It's knowing our creator, the beginning of all things, the end of all things. And today, you know, as, as a Christian, what does knowing what happened after the flood have to do with us? So many times, you know, it, it takes that much to change. Sometimes we need to have this experience ourselves. For us to recognize and remember our need of God, who he is. And so towards the end, as people who live in a different timeline, in a different era, what does this have to do with us? First of all, we see something here, very interesting. As a consequence of sin, what happened? Natural calamity, as we would call a flood, happened. Something changed. What changed? Well, the weather changed. Before it didn't rain like this, but now it did. In the same way, are we seeing the same things happen? Are we seeing that? Are we seeing changes today in the weather and the climate? Hmm, point number two. All right. But before we get to the part like a flood is going to happen, a flood is imminent, the end is coming. God has promised us something that there will not be a flood again. So while we see signs of another end, we're not going to see another flood. Of 
so if you notice, if you've been reading this chapter, there are two things that God uses to shape the world. This water and the fire. And so one of those things is not going to come back again. But when the Lord reshapes the world again, fire is going to come into place. Now that water has done its job. So, what are we looking at? The New Testament quotes the days of Noah something important. Why should we learn this today? You know what? Because God is patient with us. God is telling us about this, that we don't have to say, well, I didn't know that. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that happen. I didn't know. But these things are here so that we can be informed. We will know. We will see. Well, God has made it so that every single step of the way, you know, no matter how far we're trying to push anyway, God makes another way for us to make it back to him. And as what happened after the flood, no matter how hard it would have been, God always has something better in store for you and me. So I hope this chapter, you know, you're going to go find it and read it. Also check it out in the Bible, read it for yourself. And think about it, pray about it. All right, and this is it. Hope to see you in the next chapter.